Hey, Samantha, guess what? What? It's almost our 100th episode, and you know what that means. Special episode time and also Bigfoot. Yep, Bigfoot. That's right. If you are so inclined and you want to know more information about us, we are going to do a bonus Q&A episode for you. So be sure to write us in at at reapertales.com to submit your questions. You can also reach us, mostly Samantha, on our social media at Reaper Tells Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We will consider all and any questions as long as they're appropriate. We're not going to tell you our bra sizes. I'm sorry. Anyways, we look forward to our 100th episode and we can't wait to hear from you. Hello, I'm Montana. And I'm Samantha. And you're listening to Reaper Tales. And today we've got a pretty special episode for you. The first time for, for, the, first for time. the show. Yeah. We actually sat down and we did an interview with the lovely Colleen Caffrey Thrasher, who is an acupuncturist, and she is trained in facial mapping. And we ask her a lot of questions. A lot of questions. We go off the rails a a few times. But, uh, you know, I know that's totally and completely shocking. But it it did happen. Definitely. It's to be expected. The very least. But it's a wonderful interview. And we hope that you enjoy it. But before we get to that, Samantha, what are we drinking? I'm drinking water. Water. Because I haven't had a chance to actually go by any stores since we got back from our trip last weekend. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, and you? I'm drinking wine. I decided I, to... I envy you. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, uh, I'll have another glass to you. Uh, this Thank is... You. I was trying something new and I picked up... I'm a, I'm a Sauvignon Blanc drinker. And uh, the Biltmore Estate has their own wine, so... I I picked that up. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I I get to call it okay. (laughs) Yeah, it was a solid okay. I've had better like $8 wine. Um, Fair. So, you know. Well, you happen to know of a really good one, so. True that. That was a really good wine. Is a really good wine. We'll have to do a pairing with it at some point. Anyway. Well, we... We hope you, our listeners, uh, enjoy our interview. It is very fun. I enjoyed doing it. And And it was fascinating. It's fascinating. Truly didn't know, like, that this was a thing. So I learned so much in such a short period of time. And now I need to go see an acupuncturist. (laughs) I know, same. As soon as we left, I was like, (gasps) oh. What if I thought about like a million? I, I mean, we asked a million questions too, but I was like, I was turning to Samantha in the car and I was like, well, what about this? Well, we didn't touch that. We didn't talk about this. We can always do a second interview. I'm sure she'd be okay with it. True, true. Uh, but we hope you enjoy the interview and we might have another interview coming up really soon, but we'll see. Anyways, enjoy the episode. Okay, bye. Love you, mean it. Okay, bye. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Colleen. Uh, introduce yourself yeah. to our listeners and us. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm Colleen Caffrey. I am an acupuncturist, licensed acupuncturist in South Carolina. I practice Chinese and Japanese acupuncture, but I'm also an advanced certified cosmetic acupuncturist, which means I study and treat um, all sorts of facial conditions. Oh, uh, how great is my skin? <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Very moisturized. I, I do. I moisturize quite a bit. I, all the serums. I use all the serums. All the serums. There's so many. So many things on your hair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I have so many. So many serums. <laughs> That's why I look like I have baby soft skin. That's you true. Do. Truly. Never have a pimple. Ever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Except for the other day when you were like, you guys all get to see my giant ass pimple. Giant. <laughs> I had not, ever since I started like actually taking care of my skin better, like double cleansing, moisture, all of that stuff, mm -hmm. I have not had any breakouts. And that was the first time I <laughs> look at just a huge, painful, like cystic pimple. Yeah. Was it on your chin? Yeah. It's actually pretty neat to see where people have the different types of acne and what kind of acne they have. It will help me determine what's going on with their body. So Ooh, it's all diagnostically important to me. Oh, wow. okay. I never, I didn't have problems with my skin from like 20s all the way through my 30s until about this past year, mm. but I'm actually going through perimenopause. Okay. So kind of goes along with it because there's nothing better about being a woman than going through menopause. You're already at that change. Then you've got the hormones, the hot sweats, the night the night sweats, oh, the hot yeah. flashes, all that. And then your face starts messing up. So now I have to do an actual routine yeah. that she's been lecturing me about. Yep, sure <laughs> have. I do, I do better about it now, but... I was like, use retinol. Like, the earliest oh, you yeah. start using retinol, the better. I don't use anything on my face. Maybe yeah, but you have gorgeous skin, so whatever. Hey, I went to the dermatologist because you lectured me forever, and she was like, nope, you look perfectly fine. You just have very pale skin. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Montana, I went. Now leave me alone. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I, I've had skin cancer and I just had a, a spot removed from the heel of my foot like two days ago. So heel of your foot. interesting. Yeah. So we'll see what that is. <laughs> yeah, it was just a biopsy. I thought that was not comfortable. Um, wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't great. Wouldn't, would not recommend, but that use your sunscreen. Stay out of the sun. Moisturize, uh, drink your water. Moisturize, drink your water. We're all thirsty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we're going to ask you some questions. Sure. I'm going to let uh, Samantha drive because she can kind of see these questions better than me. And we wrote them up, what, two months ago? I don't remember yeah. anything. You're going to let me drive? I'm, yes. Oh, my God. This is so nice of you. <laughs> I'm releasing control. I've never had control in my life. You're releasing. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. Um, well, the first thing that we kind of want to ask is, is an obvious one, but just for anybody who isn't aware, what is acupuncture? It's a big question. Acupuncture is the medicine and the theory of a meridian system in our bodies. And what that means is that if you can picture a, a bunch of rivers, almost, this is my favorite way to, to kind of put it into a metaphor, a bunch of rivers run through our bodies and they send messages up and down that river. We've got a bunch of them that we can't see, but when we needle them, it sends specific messages back to our brains and it causes all these really nice hormone feedback loops and it helps your body put itself back into a state of equilibrium. So the theory of Chinese medicine or Chinese medical theory is that when our energy and our blood don't move properly, we get pain, discomfort, emotional imbalance, all sorts of things. And anything from hair falling out to having IBS symptoms is going to be related to the balance of your bodies and the balance of the energy in your bodies. And it's my job as an acupuncturist to go find the river 
that's been dammed up or cut off for some reason and restore the flow to it so that your body can kind of process things better. That sounds a lot better than what I thought it was. (laughs) Uh, Because, I mean, I'm not going to lie, and I'm sure a lot of people think this, it's, you know... Um, what, what was, what is it that we funny, funny medicine, funny mm-hmm. magic or whatever pseudo medicine. Yeah. Pseudo yeah. That's I think what it on is. Wikipedia. If you look up Wikipedia, whoever made that post, I think it says it's a pseudoscience and no reality is based in. Well, it makes sense if you're like, and especially like, um, nerve endings, mm-hmm. if you're hitting, if you're hitting like nerves, they send messages into your, like that makes more sense right. to me than just everything that you see on TV where they have a bunch of like needles sticking out of them. The guy from Hellraiser with all those needles in his face. Yeah. That's what most people, when I see them, they're like, is it, you're going to put a thousand needles and will it hurt? Absolutely not. This is not what that is. It's very (laughs) gentle, very gentle. I mean, and then that makes sense to you because I don't know how much, how, how this overlaps, but obviously we are very transparent about trauma and things Mm -hmm. that we've gone through going to therapy And one thing that I did read because my therapist recommended it was it's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. And so it's how we hold on to our trauma, how we hold on to the things that happen in our lives and how it affects us physically. And it can actually cause problems. I suffer from chronic migraines. I have severe anxiety sometimes, but I didn't realize I even had that for the longest time. But the migraines more than likely were caused by the relationship that I was in. I still suffer from it, but it's much better now Mm -hmm. than it was. So I kind of feel like that's where you're going with that. Like we we are housing it in our bodies. You're allowing us to release some of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the the thing that separates Western medicine or the modern medical system that we kind of see when we go to a practitioner or hospital versus traditional Chinese medicine is that we view the body as a whole. So your mind, body, spirit are all one organism. Everything affects everything else. Your ear is as important to me as the lining of your gut, including your emotions and your emotional state and the things that affect that over time. So if you had a trauma, emotional trauma early in life, that might not present physically until years later down the line. And that's my job is to go find where that happened to you so that we can restore the flow of that chi and that blood to your system. And it's an internal system versus an external system as well. So you can catch a cold that makes you sick, or you can develop a sickness within you from your emotions, things like anxiety, rage, anything can, can kind of present outwardly in, in your physical symptoms as well. So we don't treat symptoms. We treat the system as a whole. Oh, I like that. Whenever you are in a session, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really know how to, what the terminology is, but whenever you are in a session, do you have clients sometimes where they have like a true release? Like maybe they start crying all of a sudden because of how they feel, not because what you're doing is making them cry, but like the release just is overwhelming for them all the time, all the time. Um, There is a Chinese medical system and a Japanese medical system. And the Japanese style treats channels that are deep and constitutional inside of the body that often hold on to those emotional traumas or responsible for us not expressing those emotional traumas. And when I go to needles, those specific channels, it's for a change in an outward expression of emotion. So I'm, I'm looking for you to release those tucked in, shoved down feelings that you have. Um, and there's some, really, no great, <laughs> there's some really great points on the body that actually will help people do that. So 
So I don't need to get acupuncture because I'm perfect. You're great. perfect. There's nothing wrong with you ever. I, I bet you know sleep great. You have no aches and pains. I've slept so Emotions much. Emotions on check. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw a TikTok where there's a um, somebody who does like massage therapy and it's the same thing. So she works at very specific areas and it may even be a lot of similar ones that you do. And that is a reaction that they'll have sometimes mm-hmm. is they'll just break down and cry or they may even just scream because mm-hmm. it's just like overwhelming the, all of the things that are coming at them all at one time. So I wondered about that. Yeah. Those somatic massage therapists or, or somatic therapists really get in there and help those muscles release all that, that gunk. We hold on to gunk. I like my gunk. I know. We all like our gunk. It's not doing us any good, though. <laughs> I like my gunk. One thing that we've had to learn as we get older in Montana, I know you have, is realizing that our trauma and our reactions or our coping mechanisms are not what make us who we are. And it's not, it's not the most interesting part of us. And being able to release that and say, okay, I actually, I, I don't need to hold on to this and kind of letting that go. I think that's something you develop as you get older and working through things. Mm-hmm. But that's fascinating. So I, the next question is, what are the benefits? Well, we've kind of already talked about that. So there's not yeah. any real need unless you want to elaborate on any that we haven't talked about. There's very few negative things that happen after acupuncture. So most of the things are going to be benefits. The best one that I notice for a lot of my patients is instantly there's a sense of calmness. So we're essentially shutting down that fight, flight, or freeze reaction in your body so that you can just chill for a minute, let your muscles relax. And in relaxation comes all those wonderful hormones that come, you know, your, your dopamine, your serotonin, all those things that actually do heal our bodies and help with relaxation and keeping all of those angry, you know, the, the cortisol, the adrenaline that happens when we feel like we're in that stressful situation those can all process out and these nice, happy hormones can come back in. And Wait, people fall asleep all the time on my tables. If I, so if I went and did it, my body would produce dopamine? Essentially. I mean, if we get the right points and we're treating you for the right thing. Yeah. I have a wonderful treatment. We just call it the Zen treatment. And, and now have another fun. Needles. Of rain. <laughs> <laughs> anytime. Anytime. Dopamine not free for this. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, I, there's a bunch of points in the ear I use for a Zen treatment that very specifically kind of calm the central nervous system so that you can put those hormones back in check. That's crazy. Now it's not an overnight thing. Acupuncture isn't a one and done. If it were, I don't think any of us would not be doing acupuncture. So the longer you've had a condition or if you came into this world with a constitutional deficiency, those things take time. So if you've been sick for 10 years, it's going to take me more than two treatments to help you. Mm. And some things just never resolve and that's okay too. But Acupuncture is a preventative medicine more than a reactive medicine. So we want to keep you healthy instead of only seeing you when you're feeling sick. Oh, okay. Okay. I got you. I got you. But come see me when you're sick. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'll set you right and and put you back into balance. Okay. This is one that um, I remember we talked about. What are the most common like rebuffs that you end up getting about your job? And then how do you respond to those? There's, There's so many, but there's a couple of really good ones. I hear... All the time. The pseudoscience. Stuff. <laughs> pseudoscience. Yeah. The first misconception is that it hurts. I hear a lot of times people won't come because they're afraid of needles and, you know, needles hurt. No one willingly wants to go get stabbed with anything, I would say. And the difference between my needles and uh, like a hypodermic needle, a needle you'll see at your PCP or the hospital, is that ours are teeny, teeny, tiny. You can fit a whole bunch of mine inside of one of theirs. Um, and mine aren't hollow borne, so there's no hole in the middle. I'm not putting anything into your body and I'm not taking anything out. 
on our skin in, in the muscles, the nerves are really superficial. So once you get past the top layer of that, that dermis, that skin, you're really just sliding right in between the spaces into the, the fibers and the muscle tissue. So it's, it's not very painful at all. Most people don't feel anything. Ooh. Yeah. There are certain spots on the body that an acupuncture will, will manipulate a needle, not to elicit pain, but it'll give you this nice, we call it dead sheets, the sensation that you are aware of the needle. Uh, and that's for different therapies. But for the most part, you don't, most people don't feel it. Can, can, do you ever get anybody who uh, is easily like overstimulated or anything like that have like an issue getting it? There's some people that are just very needle sensitive to begin with. Usually those people do have some sort of emotional trauma Mm -hmm. that's presenting more outwardly on their bodies. People with PTSD tend to be a little bit more needle sensitive. Women, when we have our periods, we're a little bit more needle sensitive, but I've never had anybody scream and run out of the room. So it's usually very, it's very momentary. I mean, I'm all around. By the time you feel the needle, it's already been inserted where it needs to be. Okay takes a millisecond to calm down for the most part. That being said, we're all built differently. And Chinese medicine recognizes that you're different than me. Our nerves are slightly different just based on how we're built, how we carry ourselves. So when we insert a needle, if you feel any sort of sensation that is uncomfortable or intolerable, we fix it right away. Okay. Okay. Uh, Any other things that you hear? Yeah. A lot of people think that uh, acupuncture is some sort of religion, which always surprises me. It's not. The medical system has no tie-in with any sort of religion. Um, you know, Taoism is sometimes related to it, but that's also not religion. It's just a philosophy and a theory of how to live your life in health and happiness. But yeah, not, not a religion at all. So, I think I, I, I have definitely heard that before. Yeah. I never thought it was a religion. I thought it was I, medical. I did think it was medical, mm-hmm. but I do know people who get acupuncture. Yeah. So I'm a little bit more familiar with it than I guess your average person. One of my friends, she's been begging me to get it done for years. She's like, you're so messed up. You, need- <laughs> <laughs> you should, you should. So, I mean, I'm, I might get it. I might get it done now. Yeah. I actually was incredibly reluctant to have acupuncture when it was new to me. I was probably kind of a jerk to the first lady that gave it to me because I was, what, are you going to hang a crystal over my head and put a needle in my eyeball and tell me I'm better? Uh, it was such a transformative experience for me that I, I actually quit my job and moved across the country and, and went and got a master's degree. So it's it's real. It's legit. That's insane. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not, not everybody will experience it the same way. And you'll have to find the acupuncturist that works best for you, just like any physician or any therapist. Oh, yeah. you know, not everybody's going to drive. But it's a, it's a really calming and wonderful experience for most people. And people do get better. Yeah. I like that. A yeah. more natural way. It is. It is. There's a place for all the medical systems. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not one's not better than the other. They all need to work in tandem. Everybody should have a team. That's what I like to tell my patients. You need a medical team. It should include massage therapists and real therapists and physicians and acupuncturists. Yeah, I kind of figured when I would think about it, I kind of compared it to like chiropractic. Mm-hmm. Have a go, going to a chiropractor, they're going to realign you, and it's it is more preventative than reactive. I mean, you can go there for that, but ideally, you go there regularly, just like you would an annual visit to your doctor, get everything uh, adjusted. So I, that's kind of yeah. how I looked at acupuncture, absolutely, because that makes the most sense. What are some risks that are associated if acupuncture is done incorrectly? Very rarely, you can have a pneumothorax, which is a puncture of essentially the the lungs or the the space, the pleural that holds the lungs. 
that's incredibly rare. Usually when you see that somebody practicing dry needling, that's not an acupuncturist. You have an emotional release that's uncomfortable for you. Um, some people can get really lightheaded, especially if they've not eaten, but the the risks are very minimal with acupuncture. You want to make sure that you're seeing a licensed acupuncturist, that they are in good standing with their state licensing board, and that they ha- are nationally recognized with the NCC AOM, which is the national governing board. And you can look that all up. If you're seeing somebody that is not nationally recognized and licensed by their state, find somebody else. When we were looking at, you know, what do we need to ask about this? I came across somebody who had been practicing, was not licensed, and had harmed that what you said mm-hmm. about the lungs, yep, and, puncturing the lungs. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary to see. There's a couple of videos online. There's videos. Yeah, you can I'm watch. Not you can watch, watch the chest <laughs> oh, kind Lord. of decompress in an area or almost like pop, and you'll know right away that you, somebody's done it to you. You get really hot. You can't breathe. You feel like you have a headache. Um, and it's <sighs> not a good thing. But that's why you want to see somebody that's gone to school and is licensed because we went through extensive training. Mm-hmm. Countless hours. We all have to do rounds for years as if, you know, like you would at a hospital, a doctor would at a hospital. And then we have to actually pass all the medical boards that you would want somebody to to pass if they were putting needles into your body. You want to know where all your vessels are, all the bones, all the structures, everything from head to toe. So we are very medically trained. Yeah, I think the only people I want putting needles in or around my body, it's it's going to be a doctor or a tattooist. That's fine. Yes. Yeah, and I was going to say piercer. A piercer, piercer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Those are about the only people I'd trust to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and with piercers, same thing. Licensed. Yes. Make sure you get, you get one that's licensed. Can you send us where, like a link or whatever, where we can check if somebody is certified? Absolutely. And stuff like mm-hmm. that. That way we can give it to you. Yeah, we can put it in the show notes. Yeah, all right. So what is the, for you, what is the most common reason that people come to you? Low back pain, really low back pain all the time. And the reason for that is because most insurance companies will actually cover low back pain treatments. A lot of us do not take insurance, but those of us that do, they flood with low back pain. It's really, really common to see somebody come in with any sort of back pain, but low back pain seems to be the one all the time. I get a lot of TMJ patients. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of specialize in facial acupuncture, cosmetic acupuncture, which includes everything from I have wrinkles or acne to Bell's palsy, any sort of concern with the texture of your skin, muscle droopage, all that sort of stuff. But also tension, anxiety, stress, though I specialize in the, in the psycho-emotional healing of people that need to come get acupuncture. So those are usually the people that walk in my door. Physical pain and emotional pain. Mm. <laughs> and, and aging. <laughs> and aging, which can be a pain. So, so I guess this is where we're going to move into more of the facial mapping yeah. questions. Can you tell us more about what is facial mapping and what can it be used for? So uh, we have to carry a certain number of continued education credits per year to maintain our license and our accreditations. So I took the time for a year to go and do a facial certification. That's kind of how I started with all of this. And then from there, just kind of rabbit holes. And I was really interested in all of the different aspects of what we can tell from the face, what that says about our internal constitutions and our internal presentations and, and how I can tell if you're sick just by looking at you kind of thing. There's a lot of diagnostic tools in Chinese medicine that 
I don't think people, they're usually pretty shocked when I sit there and I take their pulse on both sides in three positions. And I sit there almost like playing a little guitar. Then I'm going to want to look at your tongue, the top and the bottom. I'll look into your eyes. The way you smell is important to me. And all of those things are going to help me figure out what's, what's really going on, setting somebody out, out of balance. Okay. So I went I did the facial certification. I got the advanced certification. And that brings us to uh, what we do now. Now now that you know how to tell everything about somebody from their face, <laughs> has it lost your friends? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to know my secrets. You know, it hasn't it hasn't lost me friends. The facial mapping or or face reading as a lot of people call it is it's a it's a science, but it's kind of based in theory and because we're all different, it's not always entirely accurate, but a lot of the times it is, especially with where we carry our wrinkles or discolorations, bags under our eyes, all of those things are really important. We have three, we call them the three treasures in TCM, which is traditional Chinese medicine. Um, you've got your Jing, your Shen, and your Qi, and all of those things um, I can explain in depth if you'd like me to, but those are going to present in different places on your body. When I notice those markers, I'll know that there's something wrong with one of those, those vital substances within our bodies. Oh, I have actually, if you guys want to see it, three treasures since okay. we, I just brought that up. So those are our, our vital substances. Qi is going to be the energy that flows through these meridians, which just recently they think that they can actually locate and see them, which is nice. I don't have the study up here, but that'll be a nice thing once we can get down to that scientifically. But the Qi is just your your vital energy. So it's those energetic messages that flow through your body. It's in all of your organs. There's different types of chi. We gather our chi through our breath. We gather it through our food. And it's our job to kind of keep that chi moving properly. When chi doesn't move, blood doesn't move. And that's when we experience pain. So the first thing I do is try to figure out if you've got a chi blockage. And there's a nice picture of a, you know, the listeners can't see it, but of we'll the Chinese face the mapping. Media. And it shows you all the different regions of your face and what organs they correspond to. So all of our meridians run through organs. You've got yin organs and yang organs that pair to each other. Yang is going to be things of energy, things that are up, things that are in motion, um, things that are moving, things that are warm. And then yin is going to be things that are subdued, things, things that are calm, sleeping, things that are at rest, things that are cold. So yin and yang aren't you see the picture with the half black and you've got the little taijis in them. It's not good versus evil. It's an up and down cycle. They're feeding into each other constantly. So that's a nice little map down here where you would get the pimples on your chin. That's going to be your reproductive system. A lot of us experience Ooh. pimples down here or maybe along the chin line when we're having our periods or when we're getting PMS, maybe down here. I've got a couple right here. <laughs> your lungs are going to present. People get a lot of dryness in the corners of their lips and on their cheeks in the wintertime. That's the dryness that's going to be your lungs. Your lungs and your skin are tied to each other. Underneath your eyes, those are the kidneys. When we see people that have really bad bags under their eyes or deep bags, usually they're exhausted. And in Chinese medicine, our kidneys are really there to hold our, like our vital energy in that energy store, the deeper energy store for us. It can also be really puffy when we've had some sort of a trauma that's making us frightened. You can see when people are scared, they'll get bags under their eyes. And then... Really up here in between the eyebrows is going to be your liver. On the sides is going to be your liver. That's things that are responsible for anxiety, frustration, anger, things that keep us kind of tight and balled up. And then we've just got our right up here. I mean, there's a couple of them you can see, but um, small intestines and, and things are up here on your forehead. So 
where you're having different issues with your skin is going to tell me a lot about your internal makeup, essentially, is what, what that picture is going to shed sight. And that is a, the chi representation of those organs out, outwardly. Hmm. This is one of my favorite ones. This one doesn't always match up in real life, but um, Jing, which is your essence or what we would consider your prenatal chi, it's the chi that your parents gave you. Think of that more like your DNA. That's going to be represented in a few places, but mainly there's a theory that your philtrum here, that little depression above your lip in between your nose and your lip, everybody's got a different shaped philtrum. So I don't know if you can see this picture here, but depending upon the shape, there's a theory that you can tell how long somebody's going to live, when the most energy in their life is going to present, um, and then if they're going to do well financially later in life versus earlier in life or they're in their midlife. So what is, look at all of ours. That's, I know. <laughs> what does well, mine say? I, I meant to bring a mirror, but that's, oh, I have a it's mirror. interesting. You know, it's not, it's not always accurate, but um, don't tell me when I'm going to die, but what I have no idea when you're going to die. <laughs> as long as no one pops your lung. You're fine. Um, but yeah, this one here, if you see that, that rectangle there, that's like an even representation. The lines go straight down. So you'll carry your energy pretty steadily all through life any part of your philtrum that kind of tapers downwards towards your lips so it's wider up the nose that's going to mean you carry most of your your energy earlier in life and then you can see that the lower representation if the the little rectangle is wider near your lips that means you're really going to get going and carry your energy and be more successful later in life mine's just straight yours is straight you are good to go throughout life i think it's straight yeah. oh, i just <laughs> When you yeah. smile, you're going to live forever. <laughs> pretty straight. Yeah. I think mine's straight. Yours are pretty straight, too. I have no idea what mine looks like. I've never, I've never looked. <laughs> I shouldn't. A little wider at the bottom, maybe. Mm-hmm. All your energy was The better child. things are, are to come. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, so that's Jing. I think of that as your DNA. So your Qi is going to be the energetic messages. Your Jing is going to be more like closely to your DNA. And then Shen, which is a really important one that I think might be really interesting to talk about, is going to be the, the representation of your mind, your, your, some people will call it your spirit, but it's your consciousness. It's what separates you from me, how you're an individual and I'm an individual. It's our thought processes. And that is really tied to our blood and our blood health, the blood levels in our body. So that's going to really shine through on somebody in their complexion, but mostly in the health of their eyes. And then we can tell a lot based on people's eye shape, the color of their eyes, the sclera, that's the white part, how much of that you can see and where you can see it. You can tell a lot about an individual and their inner thought processes and their inner demons by looking at the sclera. Don't look at my eyes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I got distracted. I was thinking Tugger. Oh, Her, my, my dog's eye got swelled up. Is, he just, and when I opened it, it was just red. I was like, oh, red. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's some sort of pathogen, an infection, an irritant, something like that. Well, we had to hold him down. He's also, he's also very like energetic and anxiety. And he's on more anxiety medication than I've ever been on <laughs> to like get eye drops. Oh, <laughs> if you can get close enough to him before you do that, they have a really prominent eyebrow bridge, most dogs do. And you're going to go right up above that and kind of massage right in between sorry in between where you think the eyebrows are just get in there and kind of like massage here work some kids too if you want to put them to sleep <laughs> um this right here is points called yin tong it's really known as your third eye in ayurvedic medicine but that's going to calm your whole system that kind of triggers our pineal gland which soothes all of our hormones <laughs> okay well cool so does makeup 
affect facial mapping at all. It does when I'm trying to use it as a diagnostic tool. It's not my first go-to unless I'm with an individual that really doesn't have any other people's pulse might seem really normal to me. There's no concerns. Their tongue looks and feels normal. When I palpate their abdomen for different reflex zones, if that's normal, I'll go to my next tool in the toolbox, which would be facial mapping. Also, pain tends to lie to us. We think we have pain in one area that's actually coming from some other area. Hmm. So if that seems to be the case for somebody, usually it shows up accurately on their face. You know, so if someone comes into my office and they say, well, you know, I, I sleep well, but I'm not tired and they have massive bags under their eyes. I know that that's probably not an accurate story that they're telling, but they might have been suffering from insomnia for so long or anxiety for so long that that's just a normal part of their life now. And they don't even realize how deep down that depletion of their energy goes. So it is, it's helpful when people either can't tell me or won't tell me, or their bodies just are used to it for so long that they're not having symptoms of something. Yeah, because I mean, you can sleep 10 hours a night and still be exhausted, especially if you have sleep apnea. That's mm-hmm. right. That's yeah. right. You don't know. I know, my husband has it. <laughs> I guess then the last question that we had was, it, and it's kind of us letting you have the floor for just a second, just in general, like, what is the most important message that you want to, you want other people to know about what, what it is that you do and, and all of that? What to you is like the most important message? I would say that you don't have to live in the mm-hmm. discomfort or the imbalance that we live in. There's this interesting thought processes, in our, at least in our culture, that as you age, things decline or we, you know, you just lose your eyesight. You'll be in pain. You have incontinence. You have hot flashes. You have acne. That there's these things we have that we just deal with because either we're a woman and we have a uterus and we just have to deal with the back pain or, you know, the the anxiety around our periods. Or we're 85 and of course our knees are going to hurt. Of course we're peeing our pants all the time. Those things. (laughs) It's not necessarily true. When we can address the underlying cause of these symptoms for people, they can feel better. They can live a life with a lot less pain. They can live a longer life. They can live a happier life. Okay. When we get old and we all live together, if you help me with acupuncture, you're not going to have to wipe my butt after all. (laughs) We actually have that conversation. That's really nice. You should always have a backup butt wiper. Yeah. We we talked about it yesterday because we were making a plan. Yeah. I told her that I was not going to do it, but I was going to hire a company and they would take really good care of her. Wow. Well, even fecal (laughs) incontinence, poop in your pants if you need it. I mean, acupuncture will help. Those are all symptoms of a chi deficiency that's causing prolapse in your body. Uh, Well, not recently, but you know, things happen sometimes. Have you even lived a full life if you've not pooped your pants? No, no, you haven't. (laughs) Wow. Is there a way to like, for somebody to look at me and be like, she's, she's a serial killer. Right. Yeah. Uh, Is there, can you use facial mapping to, to do that? In, in theory, and I should preface this, I'm not a psychologist, not a criminologist, but there, if we, if we talk about the eyes and a little bit about wrinkles, the sclera, that white part of our eyes, has been proven to, with a certain amount of accuracy, depict where somebody's holding their emotional imbalance. And so I, I actually I have a couple of pictures of what discolorations will tell you about health. So you see right here that individual on the top, she's got just very clear white sclera. She is healthy. Sometimes people will have a bluish, almost like a bluish gray tint to their sclera. That's going to be some sort of a musculoskeletal or a connective tissue disorder like Ehlers-Danlos or brittle bone disease. 
if you look at somebody that's got very red eyes, like in your dog or somebody that has conjunctivitis, those are all pathogens. So these are all physical things that we can tell from the eyes. And then toxicity. So any time that your liver is processing things, alcohol, drug use, um, toxic emotions, jaundice, hepatitis, those are things that our body has to process out. That's going to turn our sclera yellow. But the really cool thing is that emotionally, we can see based on where their sclera is. If you've got a top presentation or a bottom presentation, or maybe your eye is white entirely around the pupil in the iris, those are going to tell us in theory about whether or not they're having an angry emotion, if they are constitutionally physically aggressive, um, if they've got deep emotional traumas or sadness. That's a picture of Prince. So you can see this only works, by the way, if you're looking straight onto somebody, because you'll notice if I tip my eyes, white's below. If I tip my head this way, what, you know, white's above. But if you have what we call a, a yin presentation of that sclera, that's going to be white below. And white below is going to be associated with our um, uncomfortable emotions like sadness, emotional traumas, if we've had some sort of nervous issue in a prior version of ourselves as a young child, our stress can cause that. Anything that's been, I don't, I don't know if I should talk about like horrible things that happen to people, but that's basically if it's caused is. an emotional trauma to somebody and they're holding that in their body, they'll have a sclera underneath that yin presentation, that whiteness underneath the color part of their eye. Is this like, is this like, like a constant thing? So like for Prince, his eye always looked like, or is it, is it like when I have a very expressive face. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see the whites in my eyes a lot because I have a very expressive face, but it's not like a constant. This is at rest, looking straight forward, a normal presentation of your face that it would present most of the time. This isn't when you caught somebody at the right angle and you see this. So for instance, celebrities that we would know that have sclera, so Marilyn Monroe, very prominent lower sclera, Billie Eilish, Billie Eilish Eilish has a huge yin presentation, just looks like her, it's almost like a doe eye look where you've got Mm -hmm. more under eye. Robert Pattinson, that guy from uh, Twilight. Yeah, um, she knows. He's oh, <laughs> Jacob or <laughs> um, Bella, Bella, Team Bella. Great. Um, so those are all, you know, those are all things that those people probably have a little bit of exhaustion from emotional tiredness, some either some trauma. It could also be nothing. Some people just have that part of their eye looking like that based on genetics, and who kno- mm-hmm. who knows? So it's more. This is a theory that is often right, but it's not always correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one that I think is interesting for your podcast is the Yang presentation, which is the white above the eye. And that's going to be people you want to look out for. Not, don't, don't not approach people, but um, it's people that could potentially have anger issues, violence, people that could be dangerous to themselves or others. Um, and again, not always, I'm not diagnosing anybody, but you'll notice very frequently in mug shots. Oh yeah, there you go. Okay, so there's Charles here. Manson. Oh, I've never Classic seen Charles case Manson. of <laughs> Yang presentation. It's the crazy eye look. It's the, I'm looking at you from out of above my eye. You can see into um, my soul. But there's a ton eye. of people that have that, that are really kind, wonderful humans. So it's not, you know, it's not always a, I knew it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't base a deposition on eyes, but some of the classic ones, Ted Bundy all that emotional trauma really impacted him. Obviously, we know how that wound up, but you can see he has very prominent sclera on the bottom. Gacy Gacy Mm -hmm. has sclera on the bottom. Deep emotional trauma from childhood. 
there's Manson again. Some, on the top. some modern on the ones, top. but we have Dylan Roof, Charleston, James Holes, the, the theater, uh, Maroon Theater, and then Sandy Hook, Adam Lanza, Lanza, Lanza. They all have different sclera presentations. That being said, I have a little more yin sclera. If I'm looking at somebody at the right angle, I'll have more blow. I'm not a serial killer. <laughs> I've never murdered of. anybody. Now we know. <laughs> Maybe some ants in my house. That's pretty much it. So it's it's nothing to to base a you know a forensic trial on, but it's it's a really cool thing that you can do to kind of test whether or not it's accurate on on people. Like the whole lie detector thing. Like you can't use lie detectors in evidence against a case mm-hmm. for somebody, but you can use it to like eliminate people, and you can use it to indicate if you need to like. You know, right. look maybe look more into this. That's kind of what I think facial mapping is useful. I don't know yet. I haven't covered the case yet, but can be used to kind of detect. You know, do we need to look at them more, or you know, not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The facial mapping that I find the most accurate is going to be presentation of the like, deeper wrinkles on our face, and the one that I think is prominent on everybody is you'll see those eleven lines between their eyebrows. That's overthinkers or people under stress. There's a great photo of President Obama when he went into office and when he left office. And he has these deep, like you ran some sort of a knife through his eyebrow with these huge 11 lines there. And that's from worry and overthinking. And just one. one. Just one? All right. right. I worry a little and not too much. Well, we also (laughs) actually have a public side of our face and a private side of our face. Mm -hmm. So if you worry outwardly, noticeable by other people in the presentation that you want to give some people you'll you'll have different types of wrinkles on one side of your face different colorations huh. um even different sagging of the i don't have any jaw muscles I, I um, but if you look at somebody and they seem super asymmetrical it's most often a presentation of having kind of two lives that they present that like outward social life and then the inward how they feel about themselves the right side of your face, if I remember that by from shaking somebody's hand, so I'm being professional and public with them, the right side of your face is your public presentation, and then the left side of your face is your internal thought presentation in your life. So is that like when you get a headshot, that's the way you want to like- <laughs> I don't know. That's, we should test that. Which, test which that. one's like it's, well, they're both good. Do you want my public side or my private side? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was no. kidding. I know I have wrinkles. No, I, I, I know. I was just like, I only have no. one of those. And then yeah. I've got like forehead and then my smile. I have one so here. Your forehead, mm-hmm. when we break our lives into segments, are really the, the forehead area is going to be our younger life. The middle part is going to be our midlife. And then our chin down here is going to be our older life our aged life and I can tell that you probably transitioned either emotionally or in a career or in a trajectory in your life somewhere in your mid-20s oh wow that's when I became a teacher there you go and I can tell that because you had a path coming in from your private life and you see that there's a disconnect between the two sides of (gasps) that's super cool cool. (laughs) well very neat she had Botox for a long time for a long time yeah she doesn't have, she gets a knockout. She's keeping it secret, undercover. That's okay. I Not still have more. wrinkles. Yeah. I, still, I still have wrinkles, trust <laughs> me. I get, ever... I get a really deep one here for, on occasion because I have a tendency to yeah. scrunch my face a lot. So I, I cause that. You yes, did? Yeah. All, all the time. 
if you see somebody with that scrunched nose look, but it's down here on the bridge of their nose and not between their eyebrows, that is some people call them bunny lines, but we in TCM kind of refer to them as the wolf lines, or at least Michelle Gellis, who's who I learned all this through initially. That's going to be deep rage and anger. So if like you've got the bunny lines, like I'm, I'm curious about you. If, if you're mad at somebody and you're screaming like this, you, the whole center of your nose is going to come up. People that do that often, they will have those deep wolf lines. It's almost like a, a growl. And in, I'm not sure if, if you have it, but that, that wonderful book that I was showing you earlier about why we have wrinkles will show you that those muscles make those expressions. And that's why we wind up people that are over nurturing or over caring teachers, mothers that have a lot of kids, people just that are wonderful people will often wrinkle very easily around their mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, Sadness, people that have horrible traumas, a lot of loss in their life, they'll get wrinkles actually down the sides of their face here. You can actually see people that have like little pits starting. That's a sadness response. So it's all... It's all there. I can see it all on your face. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Wow, that's so cool. Okay. I I feel like I know everything now. And (laughs) I'm so sorry. The sarcasm is heavy in this episode. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and being very patient with us. Answering all of our questions. Me. It's me. (laughs) It's always me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Until next time, we love you. We mean it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.